Here we are again. Man, it's good being in church. It is good being in church when God shows up and, and just hearts are changed and people come to Christ and lives are transformed. It's like, there's nothing better than that, guys. That's eternal. That's eternal stuff, right? Everything else might be just exciting in, this, in the moment, but then it just goes away. But God is eternal. And every, everything he plants in our life, everything we surrender to him, every divine exchange is eternal. Lasts for forever, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing, more and more, better and better, day after day. Amen? Amen. You guys survived last week. We talked about idols. Wow. That was painful stuff. So good we're doing week two. <laughs> That's not a joke. <laughs> so... I thought I'd tell you before you sat down so that you made sure that now, now you look conspicuous if you just get up and leave. <laughs> uh, Pastor, I go, gotta go check the roast. Yep, sure you do. You're just not gonna listen. Listen, uh, let me tell you this. I just wanna tell you guys, I just, I have a lot of proud pastor moments. And uh, last week was one of my proud pastor moments. Man, I just, I, I am so proud of you guys. Listen to me. I'm so proud of you guys for hearing messages like that and internalizing them and processing through. I had just many multiple conversations throughout the week of people processing what the idols are in their life. How cool is that? Right? Instead of just all getting defensive or mad or throwing tomatoes at the pastor, which like I know you want to, but just don't, right? We process through and you say, all right, God, if I got to listen to that, then let's do something good out of it, right? Because every area in your life where there's an idol, some, maybe even something good, sometimes it's sin. We idolize, you know, a sinful behavior that God clearly calls sin. But other times there's even good things. There's good things. You can, you can, marriage can be an idol. Kids can be an idol. Sports can be an idol. Things that, that, that are good, that are on the approved list. Because they get in the wrong spot, and they take a they take a wrong seat. Remember what I was talking about, Callie, last week? My spot, right? He always goes and steals my chair. My spot, and then I'm like, who's in my spot? Get out of my spot, right? And it's just kind of this thing that we do, and that's what we need to do with the idols in our life, because they're they're th the idols are wanting to think it's cute. My spot, and you're like, oh, that's cute. No, oh, whatever, and, you, and we just keep serving those idols. And you're like, you got to be like, get out of my spot, <laughs> right? We need to be aggressive with those things. And even if they're good things, you'd be like, if it's sin, we need to kill that off. And it, that's being an idol. But if it's a good thing, we need to say, get back to your spot and be part of how, what God has ordained for you to be in my life, where you're adding to my life and not being the center of my life. Does that make sense? All right. We're on the same page. You, you guys seem a little hesitant to go through a whole nother week of this, but I promise this is going to be good if we just dig in and listen. There's our scripture, just reading this, this one. We read a bunch of them last time where he ground up the bones of the priests or whatever, and just like he went after it. So uh, in the eighth year of, of King Josiah's reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. We read, we've read this for three weeks in a row now. In his 12th year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, of the Asherah poles, and of the idols. Come on, the high places of your heart belong to God. And those, those highest, those, those most central places of your heart belong to God. But it's so easy, right, for something else to want to take that spot. 
So we're going to read another verse. This is 2 Chronicles 19. So the last one was 2 Chronicles 34. So this is, you know, whatever that is. What's that? I don't know. I can't do math. However many chapters that is. A bunch of chapters earlier, <laughs> we read about Jeho Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. And it said, just, just this one verse here, verse 3. God is saying, there is, however, actually the prophet is saying this, but God is saying it through the prophet. There is, however, some good in you, for you've rid the land of the Asherah poles. Let's go back to the other verse. See that he purged Jerusalem of, of the high places, Asherah poles and idols. These are like false things to worship, things that, things that, that get worshipped instead of God. And so, so in this one, you've rid the land of the Asherah poles and... You've set your heart on seeking God. Do you see how those are correlated? When we start seeking the Lord, all of a sudden God starts to expose things in our heart and, and you're like, we can get really uncomfortable. And that's, that's honestly what stops some of us from seeking the Lord sometimes is because we're so busy serving other things. Blech, right? That just makes me want to puke. Right? But we get our hearts get so drawn towards other things that they take the place of the Lord. And so this is there's one boat today. We're all in it. That's what I'm saying. We're not trying to pick out the six people in church that got idols. You all do. We all do. And and we want to expose those. I love what Marnie said this morning about the light of God exposing in our heart. Because when we get to see what's really in there. And we started with the question last time, who wants God to just be in every area of your life? And like we, like, it was like almost 100%. Like we want, who wants to see the power of God? Who wants to see the love of God? Who wants to see the grace and mercy of God in every area of your life? And we're like, yeah. Then we're going to have to get rid of some of the idols. We're going to have to get some of the, rid of some of the things that we're, we're serving and leaning on and trusting in. So you're still, you're still with me. You're still awake. We're, we're, we're not bleeding yet. We're doing good. Okay, our daily bread again. I had a couple quotes from our daily bread last time. Our daily bread's serving up our, our idol stuff today. If we want to know our idols, it says, we need to consider our predominant thoughts. For what we think about most of the time may be an idol. Our last thought before we sleep, our first thought when we awake, our reveries throughout the day. Do you know what reveries are? I had to look it up because I didn't know, <laughs> so don't feel bad. Or maybe you guys all know what it is. It's like those, you guys ever just kind of get lost daydreaming in, in a happy place? That's a reverie. So it says your, your reveries throughout the day are spent on items and issues that we treasure and trust. So he, what, what, what they're saying in our daily bread is saying, just take a look at all those thoughts. Because if Jesus isn't in the middle of some of those, you, you may have something that you're leaning on more than God. You may have something that's more important than God. You may have something that you're trusting in more than God. We want to expose that, not to point our fingers at you, but to help you. This is helpful. So we can serve the Lord in all the areas of our life. All right? Moving on. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians. This is going to be a doozy. This is, this is good stuff here. All right. So we read first that in 1 Corinthians 10, starting in verse 6, now, these things took place as examples. Say examples. Exactly. Examples. So they're going to give us a whole list of things. They're written as examples for you and for me. They're examples. The Scripture is telling us that these things that the Scripture is writing about are examples for us. They're examples for us so that we will not desire evil things as they did. That's what the examples are for. So the, all these examples that they're listing out, are, are is, is, Paul's just saying, it's so that you can watch your heart. 
Anyone ever desired after something that you shouldn't have? Okay, nobody. Okay, good. All right. Well, he's just saying it's a, it's a, it's a temptation. So I know all you guys are all good, but if you ever haven't, you might. So he's saying, look out, watch out, so that we'll not desire evil things as they did. As they did. Don't become idolaters, people with idols in your life. Don't become idolaters as some of, as some of them were, as it is written, colon. Now he's going to list out a bunch of things that were written as examples for us. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. Woo! Right? That's not talking about like good Christian, like we use the word party. We had a party, youth party out at our place Friday night, you know, you know, Lenny Brooke had a party at their place, you know, everyone's partying. That's not the kind of party we're talking about here. We were talking about, it's actually the Greek word is a, a highly alcohol infested party, right? Where you're just, you're going off the hook. Don't become idolaters. They sat down to eat and drink and got up to party. Let us not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in a single day, 23,000 people died. Huh. Well, nothing like nice easy verse to start off the day today. <laughs> All right. We know what God thought about that. So we go on. Verse 9. Let us not test Christ, as some of them did, and were destroyed by snakes. Oh, my. And don't grumble, as some, as some of them did, and were, de- were killed by the destroyer. Thank you for joining Christian Outreach Center today as we speak on the edifying verses of Scripture to comfort and bring you hope and joy as you follow Christ. <laughs> I remember sitting in a, an Assembly of God church in uh, Fort Collins, Colorado, and that was the sermon text that the pastor used. Pastor Gary, I remember what his name was. It was a long time ago, 20-some years ago, and, and it just... he it, fascinated me and he just he did the same thing he went through each one of these he's like whoa you know but besides that they were good you know like just each one of these got you know like they're destroyed by snakes they're killed by the destroyer you know 23,000 of them died for serving these idols in their life and then he goes on again he says this again these things happened as what examples come on say examples Examples. I know you're all stuffed up because you're all, I don't want to be killed, <laughs> right? But just hang with me. Loosen up. We're good. We got this. And they were written for our instruction on whom the end of the ages have come. So whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. And that's not like a, that's not a fear. That, that scripture isn't written to put fear in your heart. It's written to help us to do, he said two different times, he said these are examples for us. He's like, these people of God that followed the Lord, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud, their hearts were caught up in all of these things that we just listed and they ended up dying, right? And he's saying, let's watch our own hearts. So if you, if you think you stand, so what he's saying is in a prideful way, I don't have no idols in my life because I love Jesus and he loves me and so I'm good and you're good and we're all good too, right? That's what he's saying. If you Don't get all puffy in your head and think that you're all good and that could never happen to you. They're written as examples. Two different times. These are examples for you, for you. Say for me. Yes, and for me. They're examples for us. So he goes on. Verse number 13, he said, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, he'll also provide the way out. There's always a way out. Come on, guys. So that you may be able to bear it. So then, my dear friends, flee 
from idolatry. That's what that's the crux of this whole section of scripture. See these guys, they followed that, 23,000 of them died. See these guys, they grumbled, they were wiped out. See these guys in morality, they were wiped out. See these guys, they tested God, they were wiped out. It's like these are examples to let you know how fragile and frail the human heart is. Watch out. Tell somebody, watch out. Watch out. That's what he's saying. Man, watch out for these things. They get in your heart, and you don't even know they're there. That's why we're doing this, right? That's why we're talking about these kind of things. We're watching out. All right, we're going to go to Colossians for one, one section, one slide, one section of Scripture. Colossians 3, 5 through 7. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking. Where is it lurking? Where's the evil things at? Within you. We always like to think evil's out there. Ooh, it's so bad, nasty out there. I agree, it is bad, nasty out there. But you know where evil really is? It's right in here. Come on. It's right in here, the old. And, and but you've got the power. We just read about there's no temptation that God doesn't provide a way out of. Right? Amen? God of all hope. Remember, don't get stuck in the, whoa, whoa, this is, yeah, yikes. It is, like, just like a hot stove is yikes. Don't put your hand on it. That's all. That's all. Use it for what it's intended for. Heat up your water. Cook your bacon, right? Cook lots of bacon. Give your pastor some bacon. You know, right? Just, just saying, you know. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking in your evil hearts. No, we have, we have renewed hearts. So have nothing to do with sexual immorality, with impurity. Have nothing to do with lust. Have nothing to do with evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater. Huh. Worshiping the things of the world. Remember when we talked about generosity? Remember, you got to connect, connect the hose. You got to connect to the, the source of the generosity. And then you got to get the kinks out of the hose, right? Don't, don't let there be greediness in our hearts. And then you got to, then you got to squeeze the trigger, man. Just start, you know, start writing checks, start giving food, start, start letting people into your home, start like whatever it is. You know, there's a thousand ways to be generous, but get the kinks out of the hose. Don't, don't be greedy. Don't be an idolater. Because, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Other versions say wrath. Wrath of God is showing up. You guys, you used to do these things when your life was a part of the world. What he's saying is, your life now, once you've crossed that line and accepted Jesus Christ, like you're not going to be perfect, but that better be the goal. Like we're, that's the, the trajectory is towards Jesus. Every day I should be looking more like Jesus. And he's saying, stay away from those things. They're going to poison your life and they're going to destroy you. And it's because, like, I don't want to be a part, I don't want to willingly be a part of something that the Bible tells me that because of those things, the wrath of God is coming. I don't want to be like, yeah, I can do that. When it's like, that's why the wrath of God is going to come. I don't want to be a part of those things. So a guy by the name of Steve Gallagher says this, unfortunately, in his fallen spiritual condition, humankind or man's natural tendency is to give his affection to something else. So what he's saying is, this is kind of like the, the, the preset on our hearts. Is it, it's easy for us to give our affection, to give our hearts, give our love to something else. People prostrate themselves before all kinds of things in this life, earthly life. Careers, homes, personal attractiveness, right? <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. Other people... We give our hearts to food. I have to worry about that one, yes. Entertainment, sports, drugs, etc. Truth be known, most people have acquired several idols. Even churchgoers. 
crowd God into a secondary or even into a non-existent position in their lives. There's one boat, we're all in it, right? It's the human condition. But we don't get to hang up our shingle and say, hey, it's the human condition. Oh, well. We're going to expose that in our hearts and we're going to let God move because I know you guys. I know you guys. I know you want to be more like Jesus. I know you. I've talked with you. I see the hunger in your heart for your life to not be stuck in the same old junk year after year. I know you. I've had conversations with you. I've watched you. I listened to you. I watched your heart say, I want to worship the Lord. I'm failing here. And Jesus is saying, yeah, but that's where I'm strong. When you're weak, that's where I show up. But I don't know if I can do this, God. God's saying you got to want to want to. You just got to get your heart engaged and say, are you willing to let me shine the light in the dark places of your heart where all the ugly cockroaches live and you're like, yep, let's do it. Let's do it because I've seen you. I know you. I've had conversations with you. I see your willingness to say yes. I want to see that happen in my life. Yeah? That's you guys. I'm excited about that. Uh, This next section uh, we're going to zip through and it's uh, a website called crew.org. They are into discipleship and stuff. So I just, I plagiarized them. So I'm, but I'm telling you, so it's not really plagiarizing. But I just took stuff. It was so good. I just really loved what they had to say about idolatry. So thoughts from crew.org. Idolatry is an affair of the heart. It's an affair of the heart. It's, it starts in our heart. Ezekiel 14.3a says, uh, if you, do you guys know what the A and the B means on the verses? I didn't know that for a long time. If it's an A, it means, just means it's the first part of the verse. If it's a B, we've excluded the first. We're not trying to be deceitful or anything. That's just letting you know that we didn't include all of the first part or last part of the verse. So the first part of that verse says, Son of man, these, or son of man, these men have set up idols, where? In their hearts. And they've put sinful stumbling blocks in front of themselves. Isn't that us in the church sometimes? I mean, talk about someone, not you. Talk about your neighbor in the next row, right? <laughs> Son of man, these men have set up idols in their heart and they put sinful stumbling blocks in front of themselves. How many of our, us sabotage our own? Like we, get, we let our heart, we don't, we're not diligent about watching the idols in our heart. And so we end up with our affections. See, it feels so good though because it's our affections. We, well, I love the, you know, whatever. But it gets, it gets in the wrong spot. All these good things get in the wrong spot or all these bad things that God's saying cut off, we don't. And so they get enthroned in our heart, and we put these stumbling blocks. We're like, hey, hey, people tripped again. <laughs> They're like, don't put the thing in. Well, not, I'm good, <laughs> right? And we kind of, maybe, maybe, no, maybe it's only me that have sabotaged my own life before. And then we love to blame everyone else. Wow. If you would have told me that that thing was there, dude, I watched you put it there yourself. Yeah, but if you would have said something, be quiet. So it's an affair of the heart. It starts in our heart. Crew.org says, idolatry never starts with a statue. Never starts with a little, actual little idol. Never starts with a false god or a functional savior. It always starts with matters of the heart, desire, love, or hope. You're placing those your desire towards something else, your love towards something else, you're, you're hoping in something. You're, you're hoping for something else to bring you fulfillment and salvation and joy and stability. And it's not going to happen. All right, second one. 
Idolatry is, a, idolatry is a transfer of trust. Isaiah 42, 17 says, they are turned back and utterly put to shame who trust in carved idols, who say to metal images, you are our gods. And so the next one is very much like that. It's misplaced worship. So idolatry starts in our heart and it's we're trusting something else to deliver. Whatever we're looking for to deliver, whatever we need, we're looking for that idol, whatever it is, whether it's my family, my marriage. Like we do pre-marriage counseling all the time and we talk about all the time, God's math. Human math is one half plus one half equals one. And that makes sense to us. I take a half of something and a half of something and we're all like, you complete me. <laughs> you know what we say to that? <clears throat> Not true. God's math, he says, and the two shall become one. One plus one equals one. That's God's math. When you take someone who is defunct on the inside, I'm not saying that there's nobody perfect, but when you're looking for your spouse, when you're trying to suck something out of a relationship, that's all you are. You're just, you're just a sucker. <laughs> Can you say that in church? I don't know. <laughs> but you do, and you'll wreck the relationship. That's, see, God's ways are the good way. God knows where life is at. He knows what leads to death. He knows what leads to fulfillment in life. And so when we're trying to, oh, I just, I, I need you to be this for, and I'm not saying that in a healthy way that can work really well, but it's misplaced worship as well. It's not just trusting something to deliver, it's worshiping. Isaiah 44, 15 says, then it becomes fuel, talking about wood, Cuts, cuts down a tree and whatever. And he says, then it becomes fuel for a man. He takes part of it and warms himself in the fire, kindles a fire and he bakes bread. And then he also makes a God and worship out of the other part of it. He makes an idol and falls down before it. And how silly. When we read something like that, and you watch Ed out there with his chainsaw, you know, cutting that log down. And you're like, Ed, what are you doing this week? Well, I'm going to make a statue, fish. I'm going to make a fish. And then I'm going to have a campfire tonight because we, you know, Friday night we had a bonfire at our place. We took some logs. We made a fire. And then I'm going to carve another part into a little god so that it can save my life. And we're like, Ed, come on. That's silly. And we all laugh at Ed. Ha, everyone say, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, we're laughing at Ed. That's silly. And you know what we do? We set up an idol in our heart and we, we worship it and we think somehow it's going to bring salvation and deliverance to us. Oh, Eddie's so funny. And we're all, they're not carved out of wood, but they're idols in our heart. Ooh. All of a sudden, Ed's not so funny anymore, is he? All of a sudden, we're the funny ones that are setting up idols. Ed doesn't really do that. I, that was just an, he does chainsaw, but not carve idols. Idolatry is giving ourselves to that idol. So not only do we have these idols set up in our heart, but we yield. We talked about it this morning, surrender. That, that, that was the message of this morning, surrendered hearts, either surrendering to God's salvation or just surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus. Yeah. And there's hands all over this place. God, I surrender. And that's what happens when, when something gets the wrong place in our heart. It gets that first chair, gets that high place in our life. We end up giving ourselves to that. And what we give ourselves to and ultimately has control over our life. And see, what we give, when we give to God that he has control over our life, he pours life back in. 
But here's the deal. God is the only, the one, the only source of life. Not only is he Lord, but he's, only, he's the only source of life. He's the only one where it's reciprocal. I pour out to him and he pours breath into my lungs. And then I worship him and he reciprocates back and he infuses me with hope and joy and life. We try to suck joy and life and something out of something else. We end up giving our lives to it. We serve it and it ends up in, in death. Just hold on one second. Does anybody know what this is? It kind of looks like a car battery charger. It is not a car charger. It, it's the same principle. It will charge something really fast. It is an electric fencer. So if you hook up a wire on the sides of this thing and you plug that in, electricity comes in here and goes out there. And that's that little thin wire that goes around your cattle fence. And if you grab a hold of that, you'll go. <clears throat> so when we were kids, we would do that all the time. It was always fun. And I remember one time, I don't know if you remember this or not. I th I've shared this story. I don't have that many electric fence stories, so I've probably shared them all already. But I was using a hammer, and that's how dad would always check the fence. Was it still working? He put the hold the handle, which is fiberglass, which is an insulator, so you don't get electrocuted, and then put the one part of the hammer on the wire, and then put the other end towards the post, which is grounded. So, so the electricity will go from the hot to the ground, and so you'd get a little spark. There's a little spark about an eighth of an inch long. I thought that was so cool. So I'm just playing with this thing. And I'm just like, Dad, this is so cool. I'm playing. And well, my hand kept moving up because I wanted to get closer and see it. I ended up grabbing the metal part of the hammer. And I went, and I went, Wah! And I started crying. And I, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know anything about electricity and insulators. My dad was not a good dad. <laughs> didn't watch me. I know I've said this before. Probably what he said to my mom was, well, he won't do that again. You gotta learn somehow, right? <laughs> and so this electricity goes in there and it follows this electric fence all the way around. What is the, what is the purpose of the electric fence? To cause torture and harm? No, it's to, if the cattle get a shock, then they're like, whoa, we're not going there. It's to keep them in, right? It's to keep them all corralled in. But my dad, he worked us like a dog. I mean, sun up to sundown. So one of, our, one of the jobs that we had to do, this is a true story, one of the jobs that we had to do, we had, I don't know, Alan says it's not the right name of them, but pig weeds and, and these weeds that would grow up. And the weeds would touch the fence. Now, I don't know if you remember it out, but the little hammer, when you put it on the fence and touch it towards, leave a little air gap, but touch it towards the post, because the post is grounded, it shorts out. Guess what happens when the weeds touch the fence? starts to short out. So all the electricity that should be flowing effortlessly around that fence ends up getting siphoned off and it's not producing anything good and it's getting siphoned off into the ground, right? And that's what idols do in our life. Well, I love Jesus and I believe you, I bet you do. But you get all these weeds on the fence, all these idols and it's sucking the electricity off and it's not producing any benefit but by the time you get all those weeds on there, you can go up and grab that electric fence. Boom, boom, oh, I can feel a little, tiny little buzz. And it's, it's not 
it's not producing what it needs to produce. And I suppose eventually, I suppose it could actually short out the, I don't know if that's true or not, I'm just supposing. But it's certainly not what you want. So we would, have, as kids, we'd have to go and cut all those weeds down so that the voltage would ramp back up. And I just want that visual image of that in your head today. Are there weeds leaning against the fence? Are there idols in your life that are sucking that uselessly out of your life because you're, you're looking for them to strengthen you and give you hope and encourage you and trust and you're, you're placing... You don't, you're not like... We don't go and sing a song of worship and get on our knees and raise our hands, but we worship in our hearts. We trust in our hearts, right? It captures the affection of our hearts. So, last one. Idols never satisfy. You're always chasing more. Because it makes you feel good. Idols, idols can provide this little temporary nudge of trust and hope and, oh, they came through for me and whatever. And it's just when you start to lean on idols, they're infamous for always wanting more. That's where the excitement is. If you want to go, come, I mean, we'll, we'll take a five-minute break. You guys can all go see what's going on. <laughs> Just like a two-year-old child, they're never satisfied, right? And a heart that is chasing an idol is never satisfied. It's never satisfied. Crew.org again, they say, idolatry is a continual attempt to grab for more. They only give a fleeting taste for love or success or popularity or security, but that feeling goes away quickly. Anyone ever experienced that before? You get this little rush of security or hope or joy, but then all of a sudden that's gone and it's empty. That feeling goes away and we seek to grab for more. More likes, more popularity, more income, more sex. A heart that has dethroned God always tries to satisfy itself with other lovers. Ugh. We don't learn, but we do learn. I'm not declaring that. I'm declaring you do learn. We do learn. Today we're learning. We're learning that it's a vain pursuit to keep chasing after things that we think are going to help us. Psalm 106 is where we're going next. Just one verse. Well, it's actually two verses, but it's one, one paragraph. And it's, a, it's an account of, in the Psalms about what happened with Moses. Psalm 106, verses 19 and 20, it says, At Horeb, talking about Israel, they made a calf and worshipped the cast metal image. You guys remember that when Aaron and the Israelites made the calf? Moses was up on the mountain. Listen to this. They exchanged their glory for the image of a grass-eating ox. That verse hit me like a ton of bricks. And so I quick pulled out my software and I looked in all these other versions. Some versions will say they exchanged their God of glory. But often, most versions say they exchanged their glory. They exchanged their glory. That just, that sat weird in my head. I'm like, wow. We don't, listen, we don't realize what we're giving up when we're worshiping idols. Oh, you're exchanging the glory of God that's on your life. You're giving up glory to worship something that's temporary. And we would never say it's worship. We'd never, but that's what's happening we would never say, well, I'm trusting in that, but that's what's happening. We'd never say that's captured my heart, but that's what's happening. All these things that, some of them, some of them are sin. Some we mentioned, there's sin. Some are just good things that are just in the wrong place. And we're in that area of our, listen, in that area of our life, you're exchanging glory for something temporary. I don't know, I just don't experience God. And, man, 
where's the idols at in my heart and life? And that's a question I have to ask. <laughs> we were talking last night coming back from Jorgensen's, or going to Jorgensen's, and uh, I was just telling Marnie, I said, I'm so proud of our people. I said, man, just so many conversations I've had this week about people just just, just openly. Like, yeah, I think I've been struggling with this area of my life and idols and whatever. I'm like, man, I'm so proud of you guys. I'm like, I just love our people, and Marnie's, Marnie's so good. She's like, yeah, what about you? <laughs> I love my wife. <laughs> Greg Laurie, you guys, there's the last, last three slides here. Greg Laurie says, idols can be a lot of things. Essentially, an idol could be defined as anyone or anything that takes the place of God in our lives. An idol is any object, it's any idea, it's any philosophy, it's any habit, any occupation, any sport, or whatever has your primary concern and lo- loyalty or that to any degree decreases your trust and your loyalty to God. So anything that pulls away loyalty and trust on God can be an idol. Is there one thing in your life that if God asked you for it, you would say, absolutely not? Is there one thing that if the Lord required it of you, you would say, God, anything but this? If so then maybe that thing, that pursuit, that passion is an idol in your life. Last slide, we're done. Is there an idol in your heart, Greg says? Is there someone or something more precious to you than God himself? Any person or pursuit that takes the place of God in your life will not satisfy. Let him be your Lord. Let him be your God. He will satisfy. So where are you at today? Are you like me and wanted to drive the car off the road last night? I don't want to talk about it. Actually, I said no. I said, honestly, I've been thinking about it for a couple weeks and asking the Lord to expose those areas of my heart. I said, honestly, it's frightening. It's it's frightening what I'm going to find in there. And I think that's why I don't like to do it. I'm I'm scared of what I'm going to find. I'm scared that, that when you think you're standing strong, be careful you don't fall. I'm thinking, God, what are you going to show me that is going to make me shudder? And so that's, it's, I, I'm with you. I get it. But I thank, you, I thank you for being willing to listen, willing to receive, and willing to act. That as we go forward, because guess what happens? You chop down all those pigweeds from the fence, all of a sudden we're walking in life at full voltage. All of a sudden the Lord is speaking to our heart. All of a sudden we're listening. All of a sudden we're having victory You're having victory in this area of your life that really kind of looked like it didn't even have anything to do with this idol over here because the power of God now has unrestricted access to come and move in your life. You're no longer stuck. Now you're moving forward. Now you're not just consumed with you and your little idols that we don't even know about. Now you're like, you've got the power of God because there's no weed sapping that out of you. It's working at full voltage and you're able to minister to others now. You're no longer consumed with just how you're going to make it through the week. You're, con- you're consumed with, what does God want for me? How does God want to minister to them? How does God want to touch their lives? And what can I do to be a part of that? You're thinking of others. You're thinking of the kingdom of God because the power of God's now moving in your life. It's not getting sucked out by the pigweeds. Amen? Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for being a part of God doing something in our lives and hearts. I love you. I love you. I'm excited about what God wants to do. Man, I was just bragging on you guys this week. I'm like, man, to someone that can't come to, you know, 
can't come to it. Like, they're not around here. I'm like, our church, man, these guys, they love Jesus. They're not perfect. Man, but they're, they're pursuing Jesus. Like, they're going after God. And they're giving God permission to do things in their hearts and lives. So proud of you. That's just been on my heart all week. I'm so proud of you for saying yes to Jesus. So proud of you for saying, God, do it in me. So, amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for this kind of this pathway to see more power and presence of Jesus in our life. Lord, we, it's none of us are really excited about looking at our own heart for idols. Nobody's like, yeah, I couldn't wait to do that. Lord, I just pray for the strength and the courage, the insight, the wisdom, as we look inward and see what things are out of place. Give us just the divine wisdom to reorder our hearts so that you have the first place, God. We know that when those weeds get cut down, then the power of God starts to flow in our life in a powerful way. Thank you for being so gentle with us. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for the great big yes that's in our hearts to follow you. We just ask that your blessing would be upon all of us this week as we follow you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. amen.